Good morning. It's a beautiful Guadalajara wet season morning here in the park. Uh, so I've got another episode for you in which I, I, I tell another story about going to Colombia for the first time, getting lost, uh, trying to visit my friend on the coast. And when he told me it was easy to find his place, actually it turned out to be, to be a... Um, several hour long ordeal just to, just to get nearby um, and so it's a it's a story of, of uh, a story of heart and determination I'll, I'll tell you more about it in a moment um, but of course um, I want you to have a look jump jump onto to Facebook and uh, press like on Facebook jump onto YouTube and you can press like and, and subscribe on there so you can stay in contact with us and uh, you can head on over to our website so you can see we've got a lot of interesting videos about about well the, the, the previous episode where I told a, an interesting story about the, the sex industry in Colombia um, and lots of lots of interesting stuff. Uh, we've got a lot of great content on there, so have a look at the, theparadiseparadox.com. And um, also, I wanted to mention something quickly. Um, yesterday, uh, July 3rd, um, was the first payout on steamit.com, and it looks like a lot of people are, uh, are making a bit of money on there. I myself got, got a... A decent payout for some articles that I wrote on there. Um, so it might be something um, if you're a content creator, a writer, podcast, or something like that, might be something worth looking at, um, some, something worthy of your consideration at least. So, so have a look. Um, also, I'm trying to get in contact with uh, one of the founders, Dan Daniel Larimer, to, to give him an interview. Um, so if anybody knows anything uh, about that, um, please uh, pass on my contact details or, or get in touch with me. So uh, oh, remember, you can follow me on Twitter, at Trouble Bubble, and BattleAZ <laughs> is, is Aaron's um, Twitter handle. That's B-A-T-T-L-E-A-Y-Z-E-E. -E. Uh, so enjoy the show, and let's get into it. I wanted to tell tell you uh, this story uh, about uh, the first time I went to Colombia back in, back in 2011. A story of cool. adventure and, and courage and determination and uh, disappointment, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, but but also empowerment. So back back in Good. yeah in two, 2011, it was the first time I'd, I'd ever traveled out of Australia on my own. First time I'd been to a country which um, where where English wasn't the the accepted language, and uh, so I was staying in a guest house in in uh, Medellin um, near El Poblado, so near the, the the fancy part of Medellin, and um, so when when I got there, there was this this uh, nice fellow who who spoke English. His name was David or D David, um, and. 
he was from the coast, from Cartagena, uh, and so he was he was in um, in Medellin trying to uh, to to start a business or to to find a, an English teaching job. Um, and uh, after about a, a week of of being there, he decided. Um, that he couldn't find a job in in Medellin, and he, he decided to go back to to Cartagena. Um, but at, when he left, uh, I mean, he he showed me around, and uh, well, he knew he knew a uh, you know the basic things about about Medellin. But he uh, he uh, like we went out a few times and met some girls and this sort of thing, and and had a good time, had some drinks, whatever. Um, so good good times, and it made it easier for me being. Uh, complete foreigner and not speaking Spanish very well at all at the time. Um, and he gave, gave me a, a few tips and helped me practice and taught me, a, taught me a bit of Spanish. Anyway, so after a week, he decided to go back to Cartagena. And uh, he said, well, listen, um, now, now we're friends and Colombia is your home. So if, if you're in Cartagena or you want to take a trip to, to Cartagena, um, you're welcome, and and uh, I'll I'll show you around. I'll I'll help you out. Um, and so after after a, a month or so, I uh, I think uh, this is pr- probably I, I went to study um, an intensive course of Spanish at the, at the university there. But when I finished, um, I decided to go to Cartagena for a couple of days. And so I booked my flights and, and uh, I, I sent a message to, to David and, and asked him, um, so how, uh, where is your place or what, what is it and, you know, what's the deal? And he said to me, listen, it's easy. Don't worry about it. Um, so easy. All you do, get to, get to Cartagena and, and just go to the La Isla de Baru, Baru Island. Uh, and all you need to do cool. when you get there, just ask for David, the English teacher, um, and everything will be fine. Um, and so I, I, I got on the plane and I got off the plane in Cartagena just with uh, like a backpack. And um, I started asking around, um, like asking uh, just staff that were in the airport, how do I get to... La Isla, Isla de Baru, and, and they were like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, okay, well. It sounds like yeah. Indiana Jones. You know, you got, you're looking, you're in a, you're in a museum banging that, that post, <laughs> trying to find this place that's like underground or non existent. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. At any, at any point, did you realize, um, well, I mean, firstly, I mean, you, you're Spanish. Yeah. I'm assuming back then, you know, was, uh, was, uh, so, so, yeah. um, and you're looking for this island. Yeah. That's like, that's like pirate adventure. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find X marks the spot on the, on the La Isla de Baru. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you found your way. I mean, uh, yeah. So about the, 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 say the fifth person I asked, he was like a tour guide or something for some, some tour company. And he said, okay, okay. I'll, I will help you out. Um, here's what you, what you have to do um it's uh it's a bit complicated so <laughs> so immediately i was like david what, what have you done to me sent me on this wild goose chase the guy is like okay here's what you have to do so take 
take a, a, a taxi um, to to the coast or to, to like the river or something, um, it'll cost you this much, and 30,000 pesos, about $15, something like that. Um, then what you're going to do is take a ferry to the island itself. Then when you arrive at the island, you're going to take you're going to get on the back of a motorcycle um, and travel for, for half an hour. And that's how you're going to get to La Isla de Beru. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, easy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's what a costeño, that's what someone in the coast of Colombia classes as, as easy for a, for a foreigner to figure out. Um, so, yeah, so I took the... Uh, I took the taxi and, and uh, go, going through the city, Cartagena, some parts of the city are very beautiful, especially the old city. So the old city is about 500 years old, surrounded by walls, kind of like you remember when you went to Tulum, kind of like that, um, that the big walls what? around the city. Yeah. Is it, is it that old? Or no, it well, it's like, not. Uh... Okay, so the, the walls around Tulum are like thousands maybe a thousand years years old or more. The walls around yeah. um, around Cartagena or the old city of Cartagena are about 500 years old. So they're built by the, yeah. the Spanish. Um, so yeah, okay. it's like a colonial city inside, but, but gotcha. it has these um, defensive walls around it to stop pirates coming in and raiding the city. Um, yeah. uh, but outside the old city, it's not so pretty it's kind of nasty and industrial and on this this day in particular it was uh raining down buckets and so we're driving sometimes through like suburban streets in in cartagena and the the rain is coming down there's like no drainage uh so the streets are getting flooded just from a little rain and and I'm like, hmm, okay, this this is a <laughs> lucky I'm at least I'm I'm in a taxi. Um yeah, and uh, get to the get to get to the ferry, and the guy's like, "Yeah, just hop right on." It's just a ferry, like, uh, like I'm not. I don't mean like you know, if you go to uh, Circular Quay in Sydney, they they have nice ferries where you can sit down and and relax, yeah. and it's just like a pleasant. Uh, little drive across the, the ocean or across the, across the, the, the strait there. Um, but this is like, it's just a flat piece of metal kind of thing <laughs> with the motor on the back for, for transporting cars, presumably. Okay. Um, so just, so it's big. Oh it's, yeah. It's, probably it's hold like a... three, four, maybe five cars on there. And, but, okay. but it's just like four, four or five people standing on on this like a barge um and i'm like okay well let's <laughs> get get on the on the barge and and float down the river um i'll float float across the ocean a little ways um how long did it take like is it, is it a long water no it's like tw 10 20 minutes i guess i don't know this is it's a while ago, but okay. So, like, like you, like Newcastle to Stockton. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> about that's about ten, fifteen. Yeah, that kind, that less. kind of thing. Yeah. So the island isn't far from from the coast. It's actually, I I think at one stage it was a peninsula, but now 
an island, I suppose. Anyway, so we arrive at the La, La Isla de Baru, uh, and this um, this this kid uh, who was on on the ferry with me, he's like, ah, oh, give me give me this, give me twenty thousand pesos, and this this dude is is going to give you a a, a, a motor ride um, over to to where you want to go, and I'm like, okay. But I give, I give the money to the to the kid, um, which maybe I shouldn't have. I probably should have given it directly to the to the motorcycle dude. Um, the, the kid grabs it and runs off, and he says, "Hey, this this guy wants a wants a ride to the other side of the island." I um, and uh, I thought, "Am I gonna? I'm gonna get to the other side, and the motorcycle dude is gonna be like, oh, yeah, so where's my money?'" <laughs> but uh what could happen yeah <laughs> what happened was halfway halfway along the guy um the guy's motorcycle broke down and i jumped on uh an, another motorcycle i guess they're kind of a team and then so when i finally got to the end the other guy was like do you already pay and i was like yeah and it's like okay then bye <laughs> The system works. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I'm not entirely sure if I if I actually robbed, uh, uh, you know, this guy's day's wages from him or something. <laughs> but well, I mean, that's it's funny that I mean that situation happens a lot yeah. through Latin America. I think. Yeah. I mean, so I know it's happened to me a couple of times where I wonder, have I paid yet? Did I pay? Was that the right spot? It's like yeah. It, it just uh, I, I don't know how these systems come to come to play and you kind of left going now now what do I do and you know if, if it's right because <laughs> I mean we're, we're, we're kind of in this groove where it's all the same you just you pay at the at the counter yes you know yes. <laughs> so, and then ever, everyone else is just you know up for grabs oh you know in Australia the most awkward situation is you say hey is this uh, counter service or table service and they tell you and then you Forget about it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I remember once uh, here in Guadalajara, I went down to get some tacos de, de barbacoa, and uh, halfway through the meal, uh, halfway through eating my tacos, um, the, the the stand owner decided to get up and, and walk away, and, like, I couldn't couldn't see him anywhere. It was a windy day, and and things were like blowing off the off the stand and everything. And I was like, yep. "Holy shit, this guy's gonna come back and think I like trashed his stand." And and meanwhile, <laughs> I'm just holding my money. Like, well, how do I pay? You know, you yep. need to get, <laughs> you need to be here so I can pay. It's kind of funny they show that that level of trust in just no one in particular. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's yeah. standard. Standard market stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I've been at the markets and they ask me like, "How much does this cost?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't work here. <laughs> I just, I just, I just got the moustache. I mean, I'm not even Mexican, really." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I always think it's funny how you you eat some tacos and then at the end, they're like, "How many did you have?" And you're like, "I don't know, five, four, I don't know." <laughs> Yeah. And you could you could just say any number, and they'd just go along. Yeah, with it. okay. Yeah, two. Okay, I'll charge you for two. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do that. They do that with big groups as well. Like you might be there with eight people, yeah. and like, well, I had four, I had three, two cokes over here, and they're like just tallying it up, going, okay, that's uh, that's fifteen dollars. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> 
Yeah, whole, whole crew. Some, sometimes they screw you as well. They, they, they see that you're not paying attention, they double the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens occasionally. But I don't know. I think generally they're, pre they're pretty solid about it. Oh, well. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really had too many issues with that other than, uh, you know, weird, weird areas. Yeah. Like in Guadalajara, that, that never happened. Around here, like in Mexico, Nesa, York, that hasn't happened. Or when you go out like country areas, mm. they kind of, I think they do it to city folk. So ah. it's not because I'm, it's not because I'm Aussie. It's because I'm just not in the area. So I don't, I don't know the price. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other day in, in El Centro, I did uh, some, someone charged me like 40 pesos for, for a, um, a, a tub of mango slices. And I was like, is that right? What's going on here? <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, normally I would say they're pretty 15 to 20 pesos, yeah. but it could be, it could be end of season. So <laughs> sometimes that happens. Yeah. I, th I think it's still mango season. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so where was I? I'm a, I get, I get off the, uh, you, yep. You're off the motorbike. Yeah. How, how was the motorbike? Was it like a, a nice motorbike? Oh, it wasn't, wasn't shit. <laughs> pretty, well, I mean, it broke down. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And so I guess it was shit. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't look shit. I mean, it looked pretty well put together. But yeah. The, I mean, the problem was the, the road all the way was uh, uh was very bumpy and you know it's it's raining a little bit at the same time and everything and uh and uh i'm just sitting on the back and holding on the little handle and it has there but it's only going about 10 kilometers an hour because the road is just that awful um and ah uh, gravel uh no just dirt, dirt. yeah just dirt and okay, a bunch yeah. of holes yeah so um Hang on. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you know, we get, we get about halfway there and uh, I'm on the back of this, this motorcycle and, and um, I realized that I'm not afraid. I'm not nervous or, or anything. Uh, and I think this is, this is something right here because just a few years before that, I mean, especially if I, if I wound back the clock like five years before that, there would be no way that I would imagine that that I would um, be be in another country. Take take a uh, take a local's word for it that it was easy. Then when I found out it wasn't easy, just roll with it, go with it. Uh, like follow some stranger's directions and say, okay, I guess you know we'll see how it works out. Uh, not yep. not knowing really how it was going to work out. I only had um, about enough cash on me to get back to to Cartagena um and uh at that point I realized that it's very unlikely that there's any uh ATMs on the on the island <laughs> so lucky I, I yep. brought the extra 50,000 pesos to to cover my ride back um but I, I would have been walking back to the I don't know what. <laughs> the, the, that's the always a, a catch. Yeah, that's always a catch twenty-two. In I'm traveling. I don't want to carry too much cash yeah. because you know I, I'm a tourist and people know tourists carry cash. Yeah. But then, but at the same time, yeah, you're in areas of of jungle and you know dirt tracks, <laughs> and it's like there's no there's no money here. All of a sudden, you're trading your clean socks, you know, for a warm bowl of soup. <laughs> like, 
I, I, I haven't been in that situation, but I'm looking. I'm looking forward. To it. <laughs> I think you know this, this is these are those uh, Walter Mitty kind of uh, yeah. moments where you're completely underwater and being attacked by a shark. Yeah, it's like what what happens. Yeah, but it's good. You you realize that you're living life, right? Yeah, it's character building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. Yeah, yeah. Watch us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, and listen to us on iTunes or Pocket Casts. Uh, yeah, I was I was impressed with my own courage, I suppose, because I, um, I never thought that I'd be in that situation. I never I never thought I'd had to be in it, and I just uh, that would. If someone had told me that five years earlier, I definitely would have said, no, that's not me, man. That's <laughs> that's never going to happen. Um, that's ridiculous. But, you know, there I was. Um, so I realized that that uh, I must have um, transformed. Anyway, so... We we get yep. to the we get to the to the beach. It's called La Playa Blanca, the the white beach. And uh, so when we get there, I, I say to the motorcycle dude, "So this is La Isla de Peru," and he says, "The whole thing is is La Isla de Peru." I'm I'm like, "Oh, great, uh, thanks." <laughs> um, and so uh, I realized that that maybe I was in completely the wrong place. Um, some some uh, young ladies walked up to me and and, and uh, started offering me massages and and then um, spoke perhaps the only words they knew in English. Happy ending, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, do you know my friend David? <laughs> David, the English teacher, and they're like. No, <laughs> we don't. They they said we don't know any uh, any any gringos around here. I'm like, no, he's he's costeño, he's local, um, and they're like, mm, no, um, or at least supposed to be. <laughs> some kind of local, yeah. Um, and uh, so I, so I said, okay, I kept walking, and I saw I saw this sign that said Hugo's Hugo's place, um, written in English. And I remembered back when, when um, we were hanging out in Medellin and David had said to me, listen, if you, you come to Cartagena, we'll go to this nice place. I have this friend, Hugo. Uh, he runs the, he has these hammocks and huts on La Playa Blanca. And he's my friend. Uh, we'll pay 10,000 pesos a night, like five, $5 a night to sleep in the hammocks. Um, and yeah, he's my friend. And I remember the, the owner of the, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I thought um, the owner of the the guest house, Don Carlos, said to us, "What you go you go there? You stay in a place for ten thousand pesos a night? You don't wake up the next morning." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who said this? Don Carlos, the the uh, the owner of the guest house in Medellin. Um, anyway. Uh, okay, no, obviously that's his way of creating business. <laughs> um, that might have something to do with it, yeah. But no, um, anyway, the, he was giving me a friendly warning. But uh, anyway, so I, I see Ugo over there and, and uh, I, yeah, I go up and say, Ugo, um, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm Kurt. Um, do you know my friend David, the English teacher? And... Uh, there's uh, like a long pause 
And uh, over, the, over the coming minutes, I started to realize Ugo is actually the, the first guy who ever set up um, a hut on the Playa Blanca. So he's the guy who kind of uh, initiated this, this little tourist industry that they have there um, with, uh, with little shacks and huts and, and hammocks and everything. Um, and I think he's been in the sun for every day for the last 20 or 30 years since he's set up these little huts. And he's probably yep. smoked weed every single day of, the, of those 20 to 30 years. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he, well, yeah, he, to put it bluntly, I don't think his, his memory for, for faces or names is, is very good. So <laughs> maybe... <laughs> oh, of course, he, yeah. he's, uh, he's living the moment. <laughs> yes, yes, purely in the sunstruck moment. So maybe he knew David, maybe he didn't, but he definitely didn't, didn't know who he was in that moment. So, um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess... That's that's it because no, <laughs> I must have asked about you know five or six people on the beach and they're all like I don't know who you're talking about. I showed them some photos on my on my netbook and they're like nope. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine yeah. what they're thinking? It's like you got this this uh, six foot plus white gringo turns up to an alien beach that nobody turns up to, you know, with this technology of. LCD screens going, do you know this guy? I mean, looking for this guy for a long time. <laughs> you don't know. I, got to, I had to ride a motorbike to get here. You, David? And it's a, it's a Latin American town. So, um, yeah, I know David. Every, I, know, I know 20 every of them. Second, yeah. Every second guy is David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty right what you said because, I mean, they don't have technology there. They don't have electricity. Um, they don't even have running water. So if, if you want to have a shower, somebody has to ride a donkey for, uh, for a few hours to, to the well um, to get some water and come back. So, um, yeah, I remember I, I, I met some uh, English and, and, uh, and a young Welsh lady, uh, and one of them had, had asked... Um, for, for water for the shower and she'd showered with a, with a bucket of water she came back out and, and said oh, I, um, she said to the, the old lady there oh, I forgot to um, use some water on my face can you give me some warm water and the woman is like looking in with, with this look of disbelief and anger uh, and, and she gives her like 200 milliliters of water like like a quarter pint of water <laughs> yeah it says yeah, yeah you can use this <laughs> um well, she she didn't want to work the donkey anymore that day <laughs> yeah well uh, they probably only take the donkey to get some water once a day i assume and so <laughs> so fresh water isn't exactly easily accessible uh, <laughs> there's yeah so after that you know, no. After after they realized they didn't ask for any extra water. Um, anyway, so it, it, yeah. it's kind of cool you had that experience because yeah. I I used to think that if someone had to go to a well of water and and it's hard work, mm. then you know they're they're in Africa because that's the only country in the world that mm. you know depends on from water from wells, right? Mm. 
and I, I think uh, here in Mexico, it's a weird, it's a weird mix mm -hmm. like that because we have like it's it's two worlds in one. Like it's not exactly like being on an island and, and be having to bath out of a, a bucket of water. Yeah. But a week ago, I had to do that for a whole week just because that's all the house has got, and it's like I'm not I'm not in Africa. Why am I carting buckets of water around? <laughs> and um, I think people forget that that that's like the reality for. I got, I'm going to say over half of the world. Mm, uh, yeah, for, could be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to look that up. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of people that have to live like that. And just because, you know, my surroundings have run in water, you forget that the world is, uh, is pretty backwards mm. considering the year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not, not always something that you think about and living in your comfortable, um, first world country or de developed country whatever yeah you know it's kind of it's kind of funny because occasionally on on the internet i'll be having a, a, a debate or argument with somebody uh, and they accuse me of of like first world privilege or something <laughs> uh, and it's it i find it really unusual because they will like say to me you don't know how people in developed in developing nations live and i'm like Motherfucker, I live in one. What are you? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think I have some idea about it. Maybe I'm. I'm not going to claim to be the human encyclopedia of poverty, but I, I definitely know a few things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, you only need to live it a couple days mm. to have it in your life for the rest of time. <laughs> I mean, like you know, some of these bucket showers, I'm never going to forget. <laughs> with with cold water, you know, straight out of the straight out of the trough in the backyard it's like you know i mean joanna had to warm up a bucket like she she warmed up a whole saucepan full of water yeah. to try and heat it up a little bit but i mean you know i i can't do that that's, that's not a manly thing to do it's like just <laughs> just grit your teeth and throw the cold water over your back <laughs> so I, I think i think we've both uh, deserve uh, acknowledgement for, for living in an emerging emerging country yeah for you know Every, every now and then there there are certain things and <laughs> um yeah yeah but you know people uh, there was this one you know i put i put this video up i've talked about it before on on youtube saying mexico is not a hellhole mexico is is beautiful and this woman on there was was angry and saying you don't know anything you just live in your little resort bubble or so, something like this and she was like uh, yeah. yeah she she was like um my husband used to live in my husband is from mexico uh, working as an engineer and he earned only thirty dollars a day and i was like thirty dollars a day of fucking serious man they i mean do you realize what $30 a day can do for you? There, there were millions of people in the world dreaming, only ever dreaming of making $30 a day. If their imagination is that big, because that yeah. is a lot of money. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I, was, I was reading some stats. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, um, to botch it, but... Yeah. It's it's something like if you're if you're earning more than thirty grand like US per year and yep. uh, then you then you're in the top something percent of the of the world of, of income mm -hmm. and I and I'm thinking thirty thousand dollars a year I mean okay it's not it's not a lot of money but I mean it's pretty standard for for most 
I mean, most people I know, so I'm thinking, am I really, you know, up there when you consider the 7.3 billion people in the world? Are we living in the top, you know, couple percent, three, five percent? Even if it's 10 percent. I mean, I hate to think that there's that many poor people in the world. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of the way it is, I guess. Um, yeah, we don't have to see it every day, but it's there. It's real. And I mean, even on even on the Zeitgeist movie, I think the um, the third one, yeah. they, they they quote something crazy like um, that the poverty level has people living in the poverty level has doubled in the last 10, 20 years or so. It's like how how is that possible? I find that hard to believe. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the last 10, 20 years, but I think yeah. I mean, in in general, the trend over the last couple of hundred years has been like basically shooting right down. Um, less and less people live live in extreme poverty. Um, yeah, yeah. But but to be to be classed as poverty, then I think you only need to be making less than two dollars a day. Two dollars a day is kind of like the 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 line. Yeah. So even that's hard to hard to imagine because I mean living living in Mexico, it's got a much cheaper cost of living than, than nearly all the other countries have been in. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm definitely spending, I mean, I spend 10 bucks when I go to lunch. Really? It's like, uh, well, between, <laughs> well, between Joanna and okay. I. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, like, well, okay, well, maybe I'm talking Aussie. Yeah. No, you know, I, I mean, it's pretty normal to spend, what, 150 pesos for lunch? Okay. Yeah. For two people. Yeah. Why not? I mean, and that, that's, yeah, that's pretty about $10 Australian. Yeah. yeah. Last I checked. So, um, I mean, two bucks, that's, that's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And if you're the only, only one making money and you've got a family and stuff, ouch. Yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, you have to factor in, you know, a lot of those people making less than $2 a day actually living in places like Thailand where you can probably, I don't know, probably buy a kilo of rice for, for a half a dollar or something like that. Um, so, you know. <laughs> i got, I got to go. I gotta get out of Mexico. It's expensive. <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. So the, I mean, this the story was the end of the story. Uh, I was, I was there in on La Playa Blanca. Couldn't find David. Didn't know how to find him. No mobile reception. No no Wi-Fi. Definitely not. Um, so, uh, so I just uh, I paid. Um, Good old Ugo, the the ten thousand pesos to sleep in a hammock for a night. When I woke up the next morning, I realized I'd slept right next to a hornet's nest. Um, fortunately, I survived <laughs> unscathed. And uh, oh, they they only attack if they can smell fear, but you didn't know. So <laughs> they didn't they didn't even see you. Right? Yeah, I guess not. Uh, their fear radar, their fear their fear um, heat monitor was right down. Yeah, so the next day I took I took the boat back to uh, Cartagena and uh, yeah had a, had a good trip met met some Argentinian young Argentinian ladies and uh, yeah so <laughs> never quite reached my goal but but uh, still it was a good time. It sounds like a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> but why didn't you? Why didn't you spend more time? I mean, it sounds like a beautiful place. Well, I just I, I booked. I only booked the flights for like, um, so I had three 
days or two and a half days there um, because my my flight back to my flight to Los Angeles was was in a few days after that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why 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 risk having more breakdowns and being caught? <laughs> Just, That's uh, true. Yeah, I might I might uh, have been oh. stuck on an island for. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll get out while I still remember the way home. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's uh, another little story from another little postcard from Colombia. Nice. Hey, just to finish up, have you got any any encouraging words for people that uh, that have kind of this uh, this wall from the first step? Because I, I I can see even in this story, there's like this escalation of. Um, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and it really is just about making the first step because yeah well now i'm here now i'm here screw it i'll jump on the back of that motorbike yeah where, where else am i going to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly well i think i think yeah that's an interesting question i think to some degree it is about putting yourself in situations where where you can't back down <laughs> um yeah so like if you if if you've already committed to something and and maybe you know there are a few people standing around you looking expectant um then maybe you you just might have to do something which is uh which is a little bit outside your comfort zone so <laughs> yeah gotcha well i'm i'm just gonna say people have got to travel yeah people people gotta take a little risk well the other thing is i mean I don't think I mentioned this last time, but before I went to Colombia, I remember I went out to a bar in Melbourne and met some young ladies, and and one of them was a little overly drunk and overly aggressive, and she was like, you're going to go to Colombia. You're going to go and, and be kidnapped by, by gorillas, and they're going to force feed you your own testicles. And I was like, yeah, uh, thanks. Um, wasn't true. Um, very little risk of, um, uh, you know, uh, on the, on the force feed your own testicles meter. I think, I think the, the risk rates around, a, 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 around a point one. So, um, that's definitely not something to be concerned about. If you think about taking a trip to Colombia, what were you concerned about? Because after all, it is Colombia. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's Colombia, but it's not, it's not. It's not the movies. <laughs> well, I yeah. After after someone, you know, I had a couple of comments like that, um, and I messaged my my buddy Adam, who had recommended Medellin as a, as a destination for me, um, and he said, "Fuck them. Don't worry about them. Um, they're just people who've never travelled. Um, they don't. They just don't know. Um, they don't know any about anything about it. They've never been there. So don't listen to them." And I said, okay, this is my, this is my friend. Uh, I trust him. Well, I guess I, <laughs> I trusted him with my life to some extent. Um, uh, I knew. Well, that, that's, yeah. that's great. That's great advice. Probably the best advice I've heard. <laughs> Just don't, don't listen to anybody. Don't trust anybody because yeah. I've got a whole family here in Mexico that are like, Aaron, where did he go? Who did he go with? Why didn't you tell us? I'm like, what's, what's going to happen? <laughs> Like, really? Well, I don't know. In Nasa, Nasa, York, um, it's a dangerous oh, place. <laughs> they, they, say, they say it's one of the worst, but, I mean, I cruise around. 
whatever. <laughs> All right. I want you back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do take it easy, but um, it's very easy. This is a, this is a concern. Yeah. Okay, this is interesting. It's very easy to make friends around here. Ah. But how do you know? How do you know like, if your I, friends I, are your friends? Yeah, yeah. I, I go to the gym and all of a sudden I'm talking to like a whole crew of guys and cool. I mean, I don't know whether they're just like sizing me up or, or what. And then, I mean, I got to walk two blocks home <laughs> at night. These can be long blocks. I mean, and I'm not concerned about leaving the gym at 9, 9.30 and then and walking home. I mean, the streets are full of people. It's like, it'd be like walking around your neighborhood at, at 9 o'clock. What are you worried about? But then again... You hear and every you hear all these stories from other people saying, "Kurt, what? You're at it, nine, ten o'clock at night. What are you doing? You don't do that." And you're like, "What? Are you, there's nothing. What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. I, I think everyone lives in everyone lives in their own world, and if you want to be scared, then you're going to not only see it, you're going to attract it. So yes, you yeah. kind of just need to. Well, that's right. I let, mean, bu- bullies, let it all go. Bullies look for an easy target, and if you look if you look like an easy target, then you know might not look. Been looking so good for you, um, but if you look like you're a little savvy, um, most likely people aren't going to pick on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do a little, just do a little shadow boxing in the corner of the gym. <laughs> let let everyone know that you're ready to to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I someone posted a status on Facebook the other day saying, "Number one way to let people know you're a douchebag." Shadow boxing in the gym. Uh, I do all kinds of stuff. I'm doing yoga. Um, I'm, yeah, I just take a break and yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I, yeah, you need to need to warm your shoulders up Go on. and coordinate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. So that's that's my story. Great. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Uh, we, we love it that you're putting those couple of eyeballs on our videos or putting, putting your headphones in and, and listening to something what, that we're producing here. It's an honor to serve you uh, by delivering content into your face and, and into your brain. Uh, but I want to ask you to do a little something in return. So it doesn't have to be much, but, but we'd love it if you, if you, if you just showed a, a little token um, either by jumping onto YouTube or, or on our website and giving us a comment um, that's great we love that or you know sharing sharing our videos on Facebook or you can go on to donate.theparadiseparadox.com and uh, show us a show us a token of appreciation um, in a monetary sense and that's great too the recommended um, or suggested donation is is uh, one US dollar Per episode that you like, but however much you want to tip us is is fine with us. Uh, there's a, a rise in Bitcoin coming in recently, so, so maybe you want to um, show show uh, some share some of your gains around um, and and give us a little money that way. Um, so you can donate by Bitcoin or PayPal or Dash. Um, so we appreciate everything everything that you, that you have to give to us or everything that you have to say to us. So, um, yeah, hit, hit us up on, on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble, and Aaron is at BattleAZ. So that's a B-A-T-T-L-E-A-Y-Z-E-E. And so this episode is number 114, so you can go and check out the full show notes 
at theparadiseparadox.com slash 114. So head on over and, and have a look. There's a lot of great content on there. Um, you can you can go back to, to our previous episode where I told an, another story about going to Colombia. You can have a listen to, to the stories that we, uh, that, that we picked up when we went to Acapulco for, for Anacapulco, the largest uh, anarcho-capitalist or voluntarist um, conference in the world. And there's, a, there's also a lot of um, interviews that we did back in at the Latin American Bit, uh, Bitcoin conference for example with, with Andreas Antonopoulos so have, have a look at those and thanks so much thanks for listening Thank, thanks for showing your support and uh, we, we do appreciate all those uh, tips that are coming in via Bitcoin so, so have a great day and uh, remember to love yourself look yourself in the mirror and, and make sure that's a person that you want to show your esteem to bye